I know we were talking about mm. homie and like rejection and whatnot. Mm. And <clears throat> I think the reason why like for you you're saying you're saying that, you know, usually you're the one who cut it off because you know that they're not the one for you or you see something in them that you don't want to be a part of, which is you protecting yourself. Ultimately that's what it is. You're guarding yourself. You're prohibiting the wrong thing from being in your space, right? Because uh, you used to say all the time, like, after that, you're like, I don't want no bad vibes in my space. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the vibes or you feel like they have something going on within themselves that you don't like, you're protecting yourself. You don't want that around you, and you have the right to say that, just like he has the right to say that as well. It just hurts this time because it's being said to you and not from you. Yeah, it hurts. I don't know if it hurts that it's being said or it hurts more that like I, number one, there was just like this one little small thing that I did like it was literally like this big it was like so small I said something I did it and I didn't know how like much of a big deal that little small thing that I said and like in my head it just I'm just like it's not that big of a deal but in his head it's just like such a big deal mm-hmm. and so it's like that's what I'm saying it's so it's like that And it's also like, yeah, I totally agree. I think that he is trying to protect himself. And I don't mind people protecting themselves. I don't. Mm -hmm. But like, he was protecting himself this whole time. Like, and I, like, he wasn't allowing himself to be open enough to like, trust me. Or he wasn't allowing himself to be open enough to experience just me and not what he's like afraid of, not what he's projecting on me, not what somebody else did to him, just experience me as a person. And like the whole time that he was like talking to me, I literally just kept saying like, I was like, this is just so unfair. Like, this is just so unfair. I don't, I don't like that shit. I don't like when people just do, and that's like the best way that I can explain it. And I I feel like when I say stuff like this is not fair, it sounds like I'm throwing a fucking hissy fit in it. I might be, but it's just the best way that it just makes sense. You're literally being unfair Mm -hmm. to me. And I can like- You're weird to me. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) And that's how it was. That's literally <laughs> what I may as well have texted him. Why are you being weird to me? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like I said before, I'm here now. I can kick him in the dick <laughs> if you want. Yeah, I don't and let a be loose in his vent. Like, we have options. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to get these bees from, but it is a possibility. 
I'm just torn between like, what should I do? Like, what should I do? Should I be like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm just, I'm going to tell you what I want to do. Because you already got a plan. I can tell by the way you're asking. It's like you're... (laughs) It's not a plan. I'm, no, this is a thing. I want to do two things. The first thing that I want to do is nothing. I want to just move on. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I am the type of person who, if I care and I do care, I want to revisit this conversation with him because I care. Mm-hmm. Now, when do I revisit this conversation? Not today. Not today. I'm fucking way too emotional to have a talk with him today. Yesterday, I probably even took it too far and I sent him just two text messages that I shouldn't have sent him. Yeah. And so today it would be the same thing tomorrow. Like, I don't know what's the time, but like when I'm feeling better, I'm just saying like, you know, whether that's two weeks from now, whether that's a month from now, whether it's two months from now, if I'm feeling better about it and I'm just like, okay, I'm back on my, you know, back in my element. I'm back on like what I usually do and I still feel like I want to still talk to him and I still feel like I want to still like explore whatever, you know, that is. I feel like I will reach out to him then. Okay. That's what, okay, I'm sorry. There's three things I want to do. So that's the second thing I want to (laughs) do. I want to reach out to him like, you know, and I would say something like, I don't know. I would just be like, hey, like, I don't know if it would be like, let's talk. Like, I don't know what I would say, but I would want to reach out to him on some like, you know, do you want to revisit this or not? Um, And then the third thing that I want to do is just strictly, you know, get moved and settled in and just text them one night and just be like, you know, come over. Come on over. Come on over here. So now that you know those three things, um, what should I do? I don't know that I'm the best person to ask about any of this because I would do all of them. I, I, I that's just me. I've no, it's actually been really, really hard for me not to text him today because that's the stage I'm in right now, right? I'm in the stage where I'm very hurt. I really like miss him. Like we had our little whole like, you know, thing that we had going on. And like, it's just like, I'm out of my element right now. So I definitely want to text him. What the fuck would I even say? All right, you guys, it is time for this week's hot dog topic. Hot dog topics is current events, but make it relatable and make it about dogs. So you guys, I actually meant to talk about this last week, but I forgot. But um, I did want to go ahead and just spend a little bit time talking, uh, spend a little bit of time talking about um, this segment's namesake um, came from the one and only, I absolutely adore, Wendy Williams. Um, she, of course, had her own version of, well, she had um, hot topics, right? <laughs> um, which is where I got the idea of hot dog topics from. But I absolutely love Wendy Williams. If you know me, you know I love her. I think she's funny. I think she's you know, quirky. I I just think 
she's just great. And I, I, I do hate the fact that um, her show is over. And I also hate the fact that um, things are kind of like going down the way that they are, because I personally think that Wendy is, is not well. She's not well. She needs to stop doing all these interviews. Um, she is being taken advantage of. She's being enabled and, um, you know, she by the wrong people and for the wrong reasons. I don't think that anyone at this point, I, I, I would I would only say that I don't know, I don't want to bring her actual like son or in, into this or anything, but we've seen her brother. Um, her brother has a full on YouTube page and like literally just like always talks about her because the only way that you're actually going to be listened to is if you talk about your famous ass sister. That's the only reason people are listening to Tommy Williams. Um, and so, yeah, she's being taken advantage of and she's just being, um, just fucking treated so unfairly. And I don't even think that she realizes it because I think that she truly is sick. She's so sick. And um, that's the issue. So there was um, an interview that she did. She, I think she's actually, she's either been doing a lot of interviews um, or she, or, or, and she is just going on Instagram and like saying random shit and like point blank, she's making no sense whatsoever. Like Wendy is not making any sense nowadays. And what Harvey did, um, Harvey and the, the other gentleman who hosts, TMZ Live, they interviewed Wendy while she was making no sense. And instead of like being like, wait, what'd you just say? Like, honestly, like if Wendy was talking to me and she was saying some of the things that she was saying to um, Harvey, I would have had to be like, oh, wait, what? Like at one point in the interview, she, they asked her a question and she completely ignored the question. Instead, she took her ring, she took her hand, she put it in the camera and she's like, she took off her ring. She was like, this ring, many, many money, many money girl, what? Many money. Like, and instead of being like, Wendy, what? Like, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? They just laugh. Like, they're just like, oh, ha ha, you're so silly. She's not so silly. That makes no sense. And Wendy, um, being, you know, who she is, having um, multiple degrees and like whatever it is, broadcast journalism, I don't know what she specifically went to school for, but Wendy does this for a literal living. She knows how to speak to people. She knows how to conduct interviews. She knows how to be interviewed. There's decades of, of, of video and, and audio of this. So when she's doing an interview, the ways that she's doing interviews now and literally making no sense, why are we laughing and acting like it's like just Wendy doesn't know about podcasting? So she goes on to talk about her, what she's going to do in the future. And apparently she's going to start a podcast. And she doesn't know how to explain podcasts, so she's getting it wrong every time. But I think that, yeah, she may not fully know what podcasting is, right? Because she comes from, she's in the TV world for years. Um, and then she was in radio before that. But Wendy's not stupid. Like, podcasting is not that difficult of a concept to understand, you know? So she's, like, butchering it because she's not well. Not because she doesn't get what it is. Let me see if I can just play a little clip and then I'll move on. But um, this is, like, a little clip of um, the the chat that she had with Harvey. And, God, I forget that man's name. But this is, listen to this. Traction? Yes. Will and I are in partnership. Like I told you, Will did all this for me. And so Will and I are partnership and what the, the beginning of what we're going to do podcast will be with. We're gonna do 
asking the phone. Anyway, it's going to be a certain person. So Wendy was there trying to explain podcasting. Um, and of course, there she was butchering it. She also said that um, someone is talking the phone, the phone rang. And instead of her saying, oh, somebody's calling the phone, she goes, somebody's, at, no, she said, somebody's asking the phone. Come on, y'all. This is just not right. And I'm this, this whole interview, it was what, um, 10 minutes, the 10 minute interview, I can't even get through it. It is difficult to watch because this lady is sick. She's not making any sense at any point in the interview. She, she pulled her foot up. We know she has lymphedema. She's she's had um, you know drug issues, uh, you know addictions in the past. She has thyroid disease. We know that Wendy has health issues. We we know that. But come on, y'all. Like this is not like her. So I just don't like that. I also just want to tell like a personal story. And the reason that I get um, well, I don't know. I would probably be this worked up regardless. But I've dealt with um, a family member having um, dementia um, just in my own family. And I've seen how it affects the person. And I think that one of the first things that happens um, in the situation is you start denying it. How do you at like whatever age um, Wendy is or any age you start to like, you know, have early onset dementia, you, you, you're not able to do the things that you used to. And you just like, can't do it. Like, you know, it's your brain just won't allow you to do that anymore. So instead of just accepting it, you start denying it because these are very simple things, right? So my grandma, whenever, and I know my mom listens, mom, I hope you're okay with me telling this. I don't think she would be having a problem with it. Anyway, my grandma um, had dementia. My grandma died from dementia. Um, when I was... Um, what? I was living in Vegas. This was like 2008-ish, like right before I moved. But my grandma was diagnosed with um, early onset dementia. It, it you know, it, and it just obviously just got worse. Um, and I remember like the one day that I started noticing and that I was like, oh my God, like, you know, her, your brain is like deteriorating. And it's just like happening and you don't know when it's going to like hit you. Right. So what would happen to my grandma is like she would be walking and like in the middle of walking, she would just like forget how and she would fall. Um, and so um, and and who wants to forget how to walk in the middle of walking? So obviously, like not only is it embarrassing, but it's like, you know, you know, you can walk. So I think that's what her brain was telling her, like, oh, girl, you're good. Get up and walk. But she couldn't. Right. And so she was very like. um upset about that not understood but it was also just like wild to see wild to see my grandma um forget things that she just like all of a sudden just couldn't do anymore that she used to be able to do just fine so um I could go on you know talking about that but I'm just saying that um what I do appreciate about my um grandma that I think that she got that Wendy is not getting is that she was surrounded by people who loved her and who supported her through that time. Like whatever she needed, like we're just gonna deal with it. We're not gonna put you on national TV and have you on there talking about many money. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And so there is this um, manager of Wendy's, um, his name is Will. Will is a jewelry, um, he, he's like a high profile jewelry dealer or whatever, whatever they're called. Now all of a sudden he wants to be Wendy's manager. 
like just everybody's getting it wrong. And I'm just honestly, um, I'm, I just honestly hate to see Wendy. Um, I don't want to say go out like this. You know what I mean? I hope that she um, has a, a, a very long, um, you know, great life. And it, I hope it improves very soon. But right now, um, I don't like this for her. And I don't think that she has the mental capacity to realize what's actually happening. Um, and so I just, I don't know who that person is, but I just, I just really hope that somebody, um, who cares and loves when, uh, cares about and loves Wendy, um, pops in and helps her very soon because I can't take any more of these damn interviews, um, acting like everything's fine. Um, all right guys, so this would not be hot dog topics if we did not make this about dogs in some way. So, um, speaking of like mental health, um, you know, awareness and, just, you know, issues and things like that. I think it's a very real thing that these things show up in our, our, our pets as well. Um, I've definitely seen something happen with Luke. Um, I've never seen him really be like depressed or anything, but I have him, I, I have seen him um, have panic attacks. I've seen him have anxiety attacks um, from um, situations where he just like, was it familiar? Like whenever we moved to, to Jersey, um, Luke was just losing it. Like I literally, you guys, I thought Luke was going to die. I could not make this up. Luke was, Luke was tripping the entire drive here to Jersey. It was, it was really scary. Um, so that's one thing, but recently, um, it, it started happening. I've only started noticing this in Jersey, but you guys, Luke's attention span is really really short. And I've had dogs before. I've had dogs before that, um, you know, dogs in general have short attention spans, right? I think they say that um, they're, they're not going to like go past like a, maybe like a four or five year old human. Like that's like the capacity for a dog. Um, but Luke's is like, bro, it's something else. And I, I just really just wonder like, what can be done about this? Like maybe training. So what's been happening is um, every time Luke is on a walk, he cannot walk past anything without trying to pick it up, without sniffing it, without like he, and it's like, it's so bad. And I see other people walking their dogs. I've walked other people's dogs and seen them walk past all kinds of stuff and literally act like it wasn't there. Like the dog is just walking in a straight line. Luke does not know how to walk in a straight line. If we're outside, it could be a, it could be a, a, a branch. It could be litter. It could be um, just whatever is on the damn ground. Luke has to stop and he has to try to sniff it. He has to try to pick it up. He has to try to do something. And it's getting to the point where I'm just like, this is unsafe, bro. Because like it, sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's a people, it's like masks on the ground. Like people just need to stop fucking littering. Honestly, that's the message here. People need to stop, put it in the trash can. Leave it in your hand until you get in the house and put it in the damn trash. I, just come on because my dog is sitting here trying to pick up everything off the damn ground that's really what it is but until people stop littering okay um i just need to figure out what i'm gonna do about luke's attention span because he can be walking like on a mission like luke has to pee right he has to poop like that's that's the mission here but once he sees something it's like oh no let's stop everything we're doing and do that and it's Honestly, it's frustrating. Sometimes it's sometimes it's funny. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'm like, bro, you cannot concentrate for shit. Like, and it's new, so it is a little bit funny to me. But sometimes I'm like, dude, stop. 
you know? So, like I said, I don't know if it's training. I don't know if it's just, like, something I'm going to have to deal with for the, like, for, you know, the rest of his life or whatever. But, yeah. It's, when you, when you um, find out new things about your pet, things that you've never really seen them do, this has never really happened for Luke until, like, we moved to Jersey. So, it's just interesting. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll update you guys um, because... Have I said I'm moving back to Dallas? If I haven't, I'm moving back to Dallas, just so y'all know. Um, so when we get back to Dallas, I'll, I'll see if it's going to happen there, um, which I'm sure it won't because there's way less litter. And I don't remember him doing that before when we lived there before. But if there's an update to give, I will give it at that time. Okay, guys, so before we get into my weekly confession, I do want to let you know how you can support and keep up with us during the week. So if you have any questions or you want to share your opinion with the podcast, email us at hello at singledogmom.com. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at The Single Dog Mom. Visit our website, blog, and shop, www.singledogmom.com. And right now, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do me a quick favor and tap that five-star rating if you love the show. Thank you. Okay, so rejection. Rejection is protection. Grow through what you go through. We have all these mantras that come in handy for when we're going through hard shit that we feel we didn't deserve to go through. And in last week's confession, I talked about healing from hurt. And for me, that looks like a lot of crying. And it's true. Over this current situation, I'm going through feeling rejected and it hurts. I've been doing some crying. These tears are hidden different. I've cried over men before. To be honest, I think I can actually cry at the drop of a dime. My instinctual response to pain is to cry. And whether I actually do or I hold down my tears, it's just how I am. But these tears, this week's tears, are from rejection. And I actually took the time to think about the last time I felt this rejected. And oddly enough, it wasn't from my divorce. It wasn't from the time that we were separated and I was experiencing some of the worst moments of depression I've ever felt because my life was in shambles. It wasn't even in the past five years. The last time I've taken rejection this hard was around 2014. It's because I didn't get a promotion at this job that I just knew I would get. And that was eight years ago. And there have been plenty of other jobs that I didn't get, but none broke me down as hard as this job in 2014. That job had my name on it. I'd been intentionally working for that position, preparing myself in every way possible to get myself that job. Everyone knew I was applying and everyone was rooting for me. So to my utter and absolute shock, when I sat down in that chair to learn that terrible, terrible news, I could not help but feel a strong sense of rejection. Like, how could you say no to me? And like, what I think really sent me over the edge in that situation is the reason the hiring manager told me that I didn't get the job. She told me that there's a point during the interview where I said that I'd be okay if I didn't get the job. So when I, in fact, didn't get the job and she told me why, the lesson she wanted me to learn was don't sleep on yourself. Don't say you'll be okay if you don't get the job. Be sure of yourself. And so now it's eight years later. And while I'm not sure that I will ever agree with that logic, I do understand. Back then, I was so hurt by rejection because I feel like what I said was taken completely out of context. Like, I didn't mean, hey, y'all, I'm just applying for this job, you know, for the hell of it. I can honestly get it or not. Like, whatever, I'll be fine, you know? I simply meant that if I don't get this job, I will not be defeated. It might hurt, but I'm going to get back up. 
I'm not going to become bitter in my current role that you guys still are my employer for. I'm still going to perform. I'm still going to be okay. And so how's that a bad thing? How's that the reason I didn't get the job? So that's why this rejection was so personal because I was banking on that job. I had no idea that this very small thing I said on an interview turned out to be the reason I didn't get the job. I was so shocked. It didn't even register for a minute. And when it did, it was very hard, very hard for me to get over. It was painful. And that pain back then is very close to the pain that I'm experiencing now. Like seriously, I could go back in that story and I could replace every time that I said job with the word man. And it would be pretty much the same story. And I would say to him, what do you mean I didn't get the job? I've worked so hard for this job. This job has my name on it. You're actually serious. I said one little thing and for you, it's a full stop. Immediately no. And while I don't agree with his logic, I guess I understand. I did say that thing I said, and he does have the right to not fuck with me after saying something that he doesn't like. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. Rejection. Over these past few days, I spent a lot of time debating on whether I would even share this. Um, Obviously, this was not planned. Season three is all planned out and rejection was not a topic. Um, And like this situation is too new. I'm not like even able to talk about him without crying. So I just didn't really want to talk about it. But then I started thinking about raw content and Literally, the theme of this season is called Life in Your 30s. And this is definitely a Life in Your 30s moment. So it's been a rough week, but I'm glad I could at least organize my thoughts enough to share this story today. And it helped having the job story to tell because it's easier to talk about that than, you know, talk about him. But one thing I did notice is because there are so many parallels in both stories, is that since they happened so many years apart, I've been able to see how much I've grown as a person. Because although the hurt feels the same, I'm dealing with it so much differently. Like with the job story, I literally did all the crying and ended up still feeling bitter towards everyone that had a hand in the hiring process who rejected me. And that's all I did. I was bitter for a very long time. And obviously I'm over it now, right? I have a great job. I love what I do. But this time around, when I was faced with this unexpected news and I felt rejected, I was able to manage my feelings in such a healthier way. And in a very short moment between me losing my shit and just trying to move on, I felt grateful. And that's when I thought like, maybe there's a silver lining here. Maybe the key to me accepting rejection is gratitude. So that's what I've been trying out. I'm just grateful for everything. I'm grateful for everybody. I've been writing them down, saying them out loud, coming back to them in the middle of the day when I'm having a hard time. And I'm still dealing with my emotions, but I'm doing my best not to lose sight of all the things that I do have by hyper-focusing on the person that I don't. So on the Anything Goes convo, I told my friend that I'm contemplating doing one of three things. And I thought more about it, and I really do think that there are three ways to handle rejection, but I'll say them differently. So one is acceptance. Just accept it and go with it. The second would be to counter, right? To double check, circle back. Like, are you sure? Like, (laughs) we sure about this, you know? Um, Because I think that there is a a fine line between 
being desperate um, and just advocating for yourself and advocating for the things that you want, the people that you want. And then number three would be denial, to completely demoralize yourself. If I were to send him that you up text at night, um, I fear that's what I would be doing. And like I said, I'm just being, I'm being honest, I I don't know which one I'm going to do. But in the spirit of gratitude, declaring that I will not be bitter, and the fact that I know that he doesn't listen to this podcast, and it's possible that I may send him this exact message one day, this is what I will say, or I would say to him. Dear you, thank you. I'm grateful for you. You taught me so much. And even though we couldn't agree on that one thing, I'm still a whole person. I may exhibit a trauma response because I have feelings and emotions. I'm human. But my wholesomeness means that I've spent the time learning how to self-regulate. And in in exercising self-regulation, it's helped me navigate through the feelings of rejection that I'm experiencing right now. It's a temporary feeling. I've acknowledged it. I've said it out loud. I've released it. And now I can move on. Okay. Well, you guys, that'll do it for this week's episode of Confessions of a Single Dog Mom. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, Double thank you for your patience. I know that this episode is like mad late, but as you can now put together, I've (laughs) I've been going through it. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye.